0: courtside indiana podcast is brought to you by metro indie basketball fall league the 14th annual fall league runs from sundays october 11th through november 1st for more information and to register visit metroindiebasketball.com also box out sports the best sports graphics platform built for speed and control with your organization in mind try it now for free at boxoutsports.com Welcome to Courts at Indiana podcast. We're episode forty-seven. Barney O'Neill is in Florida, not on vacation. A little bit of a family situation, although I think he is going to spend a couple of extra days down there enjoying the weather before he comes back. But as always, Zach Tyler's joining me too. Zach, how was your week?
1: Hey, not too shabby considering being quarantined, but but we're doing fine. We have our own protocols
0: can't podcast unless you can go to no that's right that's right we got it we we had a short we got a short one this week yeah i mean we have sort of created a couple topics to talk about just to sort of lengthen it up a little bit but we're going to do our normal recruiting stuff we've got a little bit of commentary on the ncaa tournament that's going to be in indianapolis we'll do our games that we talk about and then our hot takes i'm not sure i'm ready for that yet
1: yeah a little (laughs) nervous
0: you guys always seem to be so thrilled about that. <laughs> so did I send you the list of updates? You got them.
1: Yeah, I got it right here. Three. All right. The, all three of week.
0: them. Man. Yeah.
1: All right. Hit it. Uh, Isaiah Davis from Greenwood Christian, a cornerstone offer. That's an NAIA school up in uh, Grand Rapids. Really good NAIA school. Gabe McNary, Warren Central, got an Indiana East offer. And then Connor Asijan. Another D1 offer of this one from Furman. That's his first offer in a little while, too.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, we can, at some point, we're going to get into recruiting and especially with the NCAA giving these guys an extra year. At some point, we will get into that. But I think there's just a lot of schools that are uncertain as to what's going to happen with their roster. Oh, in some ways, they probably feel pretty good about it, you know? Um, Maybe we talk, maybe we touch on it now. I mean, Indiana, for example, they got two seniors, Joey Brunk and Al Durham. And, and assuming Durham can get back into the shooting form that he was, that he had last year, which he's sort of shown a hint that he could do that, you know, a healthy Brunk is really what Indiana needs right now. And if they can bring both those guys back next year with, with Duncan, an, an additional big man who's got some skill and should contribute a little bit right away. You know, Indiana's got a pretty darn good looking roster, and there's no reason for them to mess with it unless they can right.
1: land some huge recruiter transfer. transfer. Recruit, yeah. What do we know about Trace? Is he going to go, we think? I mean, I,
0: yeah. We could do a whole, I could do a whole commentary on <laughs> the whys and the wheres of that because I've got a very definite opinion that I think is playing out over the last few years in the NBA level, which is you get, you better make sure your floor is as good as it can be before the, you start taking their money. Right. And I mean, that's the exact, that's, that's a very short version of that. We all know a lot of times drafting is based on ceiling, but there is also a point that longevity is also based on floor and, and it's no knock on any of these guys in college. I mean, but shooting is a premium skill in the NBA these days and the ability to drive closeouts, the ability to finish with both hands. Those are just things that trace has to work on. And, and, and as much as these NBA teams will work to develop their, their prospects, even the guys they don't sign, I mean, even the guys they don't draft you, uh, you're on their dime, and if you're not in their rotation, you get drafted. No matter where you get drafted, that's what's being proven. No matter where you get drafted, if you're not in their rotation, by the end of your second season, odds are you're not getting a big second contract. Right. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that NBA money is not a good living, because it is, but the, the second contract is the change-your-life money it's the, that's the generational wealth. That's the one where, you know, you start thinking about my kids and grandkids will never have to want for anything. Yep. Everything up before that is just, you know, it's not, you're living good for five years. You're living good for 10 years, but when you're 20 years old, 23 years old, living good for 10 years means you still got two thirds of your life left. Exactly. You know, or at least a half to a, forty percent of your life left. Um, or sixty percent, sorry, I went the wrong direction with that. Uh, y- you know, where you know there's there's a lot of guys that play at that level, NFL, NBA, that end up broke. So anyway, that's the short version of that. Yep, yep. Um, that killed a good <laughs> couple minutes, which that's what we wanted yeah. to do. So perfect. Um so Connor's got that got that offer. I, you know, it's to me, it's a matter of time before he starts, and a matter of time may be the spring. Uh, but it's a matter of time before he starts getting, you know, a, a, an influx of mid major offers. Right. I haven't looked at the offers that he has lately and tried to figure out what conference they're in and where they reside on the high major, mid major. Um, six five with his quick as his shot is quick as his releases he should be able to he should be able to start breaking that
1: barrier and I, and I think some of it maybe is just showing who he can guard i would agree um, and a lot a lot of it also is the, the transfer thing we've been talking about and that's going to be the case with a lot of these guys
0: yeah absolutely well the, the interesting yeah because that's we could talk about that too the ncaa is going to vote this week i believe on whether or not to allow players a one-time transfer without call, without any issue whatsoever. And I'm typically against it because I do think there should be some level of commitment, some level of traction. I feel the same way about the high school level. I think there's ways to legislate rules in. We've talked about Jaden Brewer here a lot. There's ways to legislate some logical rules that would allow a kid to transfer and be eligible right away, but um, the college stuff, it's, it's too ripe for poaching. It's too ripe for tampering, and there may not be a big enough reason, but then I think what they're going to do is you get the one time and there, there will be no more grad transfers. You, you get one, that's it, and so if that's the case, then I think that's okay. Right. Because other than that, you'll have guys going to three or four colleges. You'll have dudes skipping around. Sure. Even I mean, if it's the grad transfer, they get the one time transfer before they graduate and they get a free transfer after that. I, most of these kids aren't transferring because it's better for them academically. They're doing it just to get the extra year and or, you know, additional playing time. So, yep, yep. any thoughts on that? What, what do you feel about the transfer? We've not really broken it down off the air.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that stuff. I mean, you don't want kids hopping around and everything. And I understand they're looking for better opportunity maybe, but at what point is the better opportunity on the player and making themselves the fit? And I don't know, not just jumping to jump or for the sake of transferring, I guess. I know everybody's looking for greener grass, but yeah, you could be messing up somebody else's opportunity too. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's free agency, and it does screw up recruiting.
0: Yeah. yeah. And most of us who are college basketball fans are, are fans of the program above players. I, I'm that way at the NBA. I'm a Pacer fan. I'll always be a Pacer fan. And Same, yeah. And while I might like players that leave the Pacers to go play for their teams, and I definitely have some favorite players who have never played for the Pacers, um, I'll never – identify with their new team as my favorite team, at least currently. Yeah. My current dis- disposition, but you know, I've coached for 30 years. You, you're best friends with coaches, you know, or you're good friends or coaches. So we, we yep. probably have that perspective. I mean, I coached a level at a, where kids can quit my team at noon and be on a new team by the end of the day. Right. So I'm, I'm used to having, That tightrope where all you're doing is trusting their word and and i think only one time in 30 years have i ever been truly disappointed um in how a decision to change to leave the team has gone and i'm probably pretty sure i've upset people on the way when we've taken other guys so it i mean it (laughs) comes and goes but i mean that (laughs) but that's the reality of it is that yeah you know it's relationship building it's not just coaching and if you build that relationship they'll they'll care about the process as much as they they care about the opportunity and there's a time and a place to make those decisions and it's you know usually in the off season and look, we we, we have changes we have changes at our roster every year right I kind of hope it's it maybe only one or two a year but you know, it just happens, and over the course of having a team for four years or five years, you know, sometimes it can, outside of three or four guys, be a whole new roster. So, so it's a weird experience going through that, but it is. It's relationships, and if you keep those relationships strong, that um, you really, you really can't go wrong. So, um, NCAA tournament, we are upset that Bethel didn't get one of these. No, not at all. No,
1: Heavens no. no. Okay.
0: All right. I'm playing. <laughs> so the NCAA's come to Indianapolis and only Indianapolis. And we don't know yet if people people people. We don't know yet if people will be able to go other than families.
1: Are you gonna try will you try to get down to any of that? That would be kinda of cool, I feel like, but so we'll see. I mean, see what we can do. I've been before, I've been to the championship before in Indy. I've never, yeah, I'm not a, ever since the Olympic team played
0: the college guys, I'm sorry, ever since the Olympic team played professionals back in 1984, preparing for the 84 Olympics, and then the games that the IHSA played for the state championship at the RCA Dome, I've never been a fan of, of watching games in a stadium. Right, Definitely. You know, I've got a 55 inch TV sitting in my den. I've got places where I go meet friends where we've got three 70 inch TV side by side by side. Sometimes it's better off watching the game from my couch or a bar stool or or uh, than it is to go and sit so far away. And I'm, I'm more into the game than I am the experience. Um But if that gets us through this process as safely as possible, then I'm I'm all for it. And it will be great for the downtown area as long as people can move about.
1: Oh, for sure. And for the campuses, too, that they'll be hosting those games.
0: Yeah, I thought they could have if if safety is the big issue, I thought they could have done it all at Lucas Oil and the convention
1: center. Right. But clearly life even too maybe do I'm sorry. Banker's life, too. Right. Well, yeah, but I just I mean, yeah, that's
0: true keeping those three areas. But you could put – without fans, you could put two to three courts at Lucas Oil, maybe as many as four. And you could put any number of courts at the convention center and have all those hotels that are within a block away. And Right, yeah, definitely. And hardly ever expose them to the outside world when they're there. I mean, are these teams going to be here – teams that get to the finals, are they going to be here for a month? Right. Right. I don't we know. know that? I don't know. Are they going to go home? So if you win the first – you get to the Sweet 16, are you going to go home and come back, are you going to stay?
1: I would guess they're going to make them stay. Huh. As of that's now, truly- I, that's what I would guess.
0: So not the same kind of bubble as – well, it's not – yeah, not too bad. I mean, there were multiple buildings down for the NBA bubble, but they're same parking lot. For those that haven't been, down to – yes the espn part of disney they have three facilities on campus like all within the same parking lot and you know makes it pretty easy to do something like that up here i don't know if they can it's not as safe but i you know it's still pretty good if they're going to keep all these teams here for the whole month right right definitely But well, it'll be interesting. It'll be cool to see some coaches. I with you know as many friends as we both probably have coached in that level. It'd be nice if some of them get a chance to be here. And I don't you know I don't know if we'll be able to see them or not. Uh, you know. Right. Yeah. That'd be the only thing. Yeah, it's true too. So I don't know. It'll it'd be good for carrying out business. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's we what go. we're getting to. I just think <laughs> about it. Like all these dudes like to go to Saint Elmos and and especially Saint Elmos and. There's always a huge rental. There's always a huge party that rents out Tiki Bob's downtown. It's and Tiki Bob's is not Tiki Bob's for a night. It's just <laughs> a big coaching party. Um, otherwise, Tiki Bob's is crazy. Um, right. The other nights, especially when those people are in town in the in the NFL Combine and things like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Those guys all have COVID protocols they probably will just be stuck in the hotel eating carryout and catered meals. And
1: yep. So we'll see. We've got a few couple months here still.
0: Yeah. All right, my man, let's go. Let's best games, best teams, Ugh. best players or best performance. Ugh. Let you, let you go first with the best game. You gosh. So, okay. You're so out of I, action this weekend. So yeah. you have to stream everything. Go I for to it, stream though.
1: everything. And we all know how much I can't stand streaming stuff. And, Checking guys out on stream, uh, so I stayed local with my games. Even I did Marion and Adams uh, one night.
0: South Bend Adams.
1: Yeah, South Bend Adams. Okay. At Mishawaka Marion, and then I did uh, Ooh, Pen, that Pen. Marion. Yep. Yeah, see, so you're northern. You're a South Bend guy. We, we you got to make sure you yeah, let, I, let her. I have to distinguish so Mishawaka
0: Marion South Bend Adams.
1: Yes, yeah, Mishawaka Marion South Bend Adams. And then I, my other game was uh, Penn against St. Joe. Just to, yeah. I want to check out JR and the Penn Guards. Uh we'll go with
0: the, the best game.
1: They both ended up being not great. I mean kinda Saint, messy the, messy games. The Saint Joe Penn game looked awful, but Yeah. At least the score did.
0: So the, South Penn Adams and
1: South Bend Adams and Mishawaka was Mishawaka Marion, sorry. Was was the better game of the two, I suppose you'd say. Uh, it was close most of the way. Adams just was too much for Marion in the end. Uh Kaleo didn't play for Marion. I know you got to watch him. He, did he get hurt the game you watched him? He did. So he's he's
0: okay. been in and out with injury anyway. He took a fall and tried to play, but then that was in the first half. Then in the second half, he never made it into the game. But he was sitting on the bench, and he was pretty active. I mean, he was – cheering and and you know being overall supportive he didn't look like he you know couldn't function normally but he definitely did not get back into play
1: yeah so he didn't play in this one uh Marion just went on long droughts they there's they they struggled to find somebody to score it for him. Sullivan did okay but I I I just don't feel like any of those guys are real give it to this dude and he can go get you a bucket I I don't feel like Marion has that guy like they had Bracey Jerry Bracey last year, that I feel like they can get him the ball, he get to the paint, he can score. They, I just don't feel like they have that this year, even for as good as they're playing. Right, uh, uh, Adams, just they, they sped him up. <clears throat> uh, even Adams didn't handle the ball very well either. They had about 17 or 16 turnovers, I counted, I think, in the game. So they were a little bit sloppy with that also. Marion uh,
0: had a lot of deflections against – against Lord Central.
1: Sure. And their zone gives people fits too.
0: Yeah. They, they, they kind of pack it in. Yep. And if you're not going to shoot them out of it and then, you know, LC was, it was Jenkins and, um, um, that gone up. Franklin, the younger Franklin, uh, the younger it's, uh, James Franklin's played at cathedral, his little brothers at LC. Um, I didn't know that until one of our listeners told me <laughs> nice, which which had nothing to do with any previous podcasts. Just we were sitting there talking and I didn't know the, much about the kid coming into this year. He's like, "Oh, that's, that's do man's brother. And I was like, Oh yeah, crap. That nice. makes sense. Kind of looked like him. So, uh, but uh, shout out to John Brooks on that one. Um, but yeah, they had a lot of deflections against LC as well. And, you know, and they invite you to penetrate, and then they got usually three guys that surround the ball. Next thing you know, you're,
1: you're, you're scrapping for your life. Yep, yep. Fun, fun fact I found also for Adams, uh, they don't have a starter that shoots over 70% from the free throw line. So that could be interesting down the stretch here when, when we get to the tournament. How, how deep are they? Uh, there may be seven. Okay. So they're not just throwing waves of nope, nope, players out there. Nope, they're about 7, maybe 8 if they want to. Cuz that's the thing they'll they'll get into, they can they
0: get into games against teams that can handle their first punch. <clears throat> right. If they're not if they're not as deep as the team they're playing. Like Carmel's playing 9 guys now. I don't think they could wear Carmel. Out. I don't think they could wear a
1: Cathedral out. Right. Right. I would agree. You know, the, <clears throat> um, it'd be interesting to see them like against, well, I mean, Michigan City's in their sectional, so that'll be interesting for sure. Right. My best game of the week,
0: going back to the Franklin reference, was Lawrence Central Park Tudor. And it ended up being a 60-58 to 58 win for Lawrence Central. They have – their deal is they have no true point guard this year, where they've had Nigel Pack for four years. And even in losing Deontay Davis to Warren Central, uh, again, because his father took the Warren Central head coaching job, I mean, they started the year getting lit up by Carmel. Well, they, they actually – that was – I said they started the year. They Amid their three-game losing streak, they got lit up by Carmel, and I was thinking that seemed about right because I wasn't really sure what they had back. But, but it is the – Greg Jenkins was back, and he really struggled against Carmel. Um, but then they go out and they take Lawrence North – to the wire and then they beat, you know, they beat Christmas addicts, you know, and they've got it, you know, they've got a kid named Josh Mickens. Who's a 6'4", 6'5 forward. Who's a sophomore who we all knew was going to be a key player for them this year. Didn't know how impactful he would be in winning games, but he's been, I've seen him play twice now. He's been really good. Uh, Greg Jenkins is about what we thought he was, but the thing with Jenkins is, he's not a point guard, but he is their primary ball handler. And in some ways it's made him a better player, but watching him come off screens and watching him hit jump shots because so much attention had to be paid to Deandre Davis, Deontay Davis and and Nigel Pack, you know, he was getting 10, 12 points a game last year as their fourth option. And now he's their best option. Um, but then they've also got Jacob Franklin, who I'd mentioned or referred to earlier, James Franklin's brother. James played at Cathedral. And he's really stepped up his play as a sophomore. So they've got two sophomores that are their – you know, they basically have those two guys and then Damaris Merriweather um, along with Jenkins, who are all putting in double figures pretty much every game now. So they have started to hit their stride – you know, and they lost to Mishawaka Marion. They lost to HSC. Their schedule's brutal, like a lot of teams in this area. Schedule up, schedules are, but they've got wins over Columbus North, Ben Davis. Their game against Park Tudor. It was a tight game the whole way, and it was Jenkins playmaking for Franklin, Mickens cleaning up the glass, and then it was Ronald Johnson and C.J. Glenn for Park Tudor and and those two guys primarily and uh, Malachi um, dag on it. I need to have this ready. Uh, what's his, Malachi Archie who had a big game against LC. He and uh, he and Johnson were both 20, 21 points. Archie at 20 Johnson at 21 and Ronald Johnson's a lot like Malik Stanley in terms of the, the way he plays. He probably doesn't see the floor as well as Malik does. But then they don't really have the kind of post presence that Warren does either. That soaks up a lot that soaks up a lot of extra tension even like even McNary. I mean McNary you have to count for him at Warren, but but the game was really good, and, and the, the playmaking between Archie and, and Johnson and then Franklin and, and um, Jenkins going back and forth, I mean, it was a one-possession game, and it came down to the end where it was a pretty controversial call at the end where they're – I don't know, the, the ball went out of bounds. We thought there was a foul call. There was no call. Next thing you know, it's Lauren, uh, Park Tudor was down two. Next thing you know, it's Lawrence Central's ball, and no one even knew what the call was. And it just sucked kind of having a game like that in that way. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think Park Tudor is going to be a serious player at the 2A level. Come tournament time, Jermaine Coleman, a 6'7 sophomore, didn't get a whole lot of stats that game. He spent much of the game in foul trouble. But Park Tudor's got four consistent options. And then they've got other kids – you know, like Jordan Bowles and and um, trying to think who the other kid is that they started that game. Um, you know, they've got a and oh Keyshawn Taylor, holy cow! I kept looking for Brooks and I forgot his last name is Taylor. <laughs> but Keyshawn Taylor is six four, six five wing for them. Who's a good defender, a good rebounder and just make some good things happen. So, so park teeter is going to be a factor come to come tournament time and Lawrence central. I mean, they're just in that grinder of sectional 10 where it'd be one of those deals where nobody's going to give them a chance to come out of that mess except for themselves. So, cause I mean, they're going to be really good and they could be, they could be the, the second worst team in that sectional and still be one of the top 15 or 16 teams in the state. So that's, yeah, that's sectional 10. So
1: best team you saw a week. Uh, I'll stick with Adams just because of their, just because of how they can spread it out and score. They don't rely on really one guy like St. Joe does. I feel like, so I would say Adams pretty easily. I mean, Lynn King had seven points and 17 rebounds. He's he was a machine. Brayden Saxton had eight and six. Uh, Columbus had 19 and six and six assists. Sydney Jeffries had 11 points. I mean, they just they they all they spread it around. They all rebound. They all get after you on defense. The,
0: the, the, the I mean, it's all four of those guys. I think every game one of them.
1: Yep, exactly. It's one usually right around, around 20. Yep. But, yeah, I, I don't
0: know. I, I haven't seen them yet. i got to figure out how I'm going to get them on my radar as far as uh, physically going to watch them play. Uh, my top team of the week's Carmel. They dismantled Westfield yesterday, the battle of un- two undefeated teams. Second year in a row, Westfield's come in at 8-0. I think last year they were really licking their chops. Carmel had three losses coming into that game, but you kind of knew they were getting going. And that was the game that sort of got, did get Carmel going last year. They played so well. This year, both teams were rolling in undefeated. Carmel's playing. They weren't playing their best basketball coming into it, but they were getting healthy. And they played the game yesterday. Suter got in foul trouble, didn't play in the second quarter. Waddell got in foul trouble, didn't play in the third quarter. And Carmel still managed to stretch their lead both quarters. And... Kind of iced the game away in the fourth. I mean, it was probably more like a 18-point game. They ended up winning by 24, and it was they made life very, very difficult for Braden Smith. And it just was well. What I, I mean, I, I touted it before the game. Carmel's length was going to be a factor. It was the length that Westfield had not faced yet. It's length that is hard to simulate in practice. Off the top of my head, I think only Gary West is as long. Maybe Warren Central is as long as Carmel. Those three teams. I and mean, it's just positional length. I mean, Carmel outside of their point guard hops to six four, six five in a hurry. Jeez. And Charlie Williams played well yesterday, he's still not producing what I think most of us, especially around here and those who have been recruiting him, I mean, he's eventually gonna get things figured out. And he's had some he's had some health issues too this year, but but he struggled with foul trouble before that, before the health issues, and then he missed you know he missed some games because of COVID related issues. I think he missed a couple games because of contact tracing. Then I think maybe he he had it. I don't know, but now he's back. He looked good yesterday, and was active early, and I bet Carmel had six offensive rebounds in the first quarter. Jeez. Um, lots of deflections. They took away Braden's drift path He loves to go baseline and, and make that drift plat pass. And even when he was able to find the post option, uh, the guys they have inside are, are hardworking kids, but just not, you just, they couldn't get it past Charlie and Waddell. And just from a length standpoint w- without forcing it, without rushing it probably rushing it is the better word just a lot of guys throwing up a lot of slop and Carmel just was really good they are as good defensively yesterday as I've seen them through this entire run under coach hetty under coach Osborne I thought yesterday was as perfect of a game out defensively as a, as a team can play um, and from my perspective I hope that continues but no, they were they were really good against westfield so Who's your best performance?
1: I'll give it to Jr. South Bend St. Joe. There you go. He he, he thirty-five and six on pen. They had nobody that could guard him. He's gotten a lot stronger, quicker than the last over these last three years, and his size and length is just too much for a lot of teams to handle. Uh, he, he had a heck of a game. I mean, they were rattle off three or four threes in a row at one point on his own. Uh, Was this the game he had 35? Yeah, 35. If, against, against Penn? Against, yeah. Yeah, he had uh like seventeen at half, I think. Or seventeen and a quarter. Let me see what I put here. Two fours. Penn zoned that game. <laughs> no, they manned up. Did okay. they who so who's on
0: JR at that point? I mean
1: uh they had uh I mean I again, like their sophomore guards, but they're both Jatetti or J- Giedi? I can't I don't know how to pronounce his name. I can't remember. I mean, I love I mean Marcus Burton's really good and
0: Joe Smith or Julius, I don't know what they have in the program, but he goes by Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe Smith is is a nice sophomore player, though those two guys, but you know, Marcus is 5'10", 5, 5'11". 5, Smith is probably six feet. Neither one of them yeah. would be good, great matchups for for Kineski. No, they had a bigger
1: guy on him. Yeah, did they? He, and he's obviously gonna be able to drive by that. Too much, yeah. I mean, Penn opened the game, 7-0 run. Really? Then, yeah, then turn, then St. Joe turned around, 10-0 run, and that was the last of that. That was the end of that. Uh, I think I had 16 points off of Penn turnovers early on in the game. They just turned Penn over like crazy. They might have finished with 20 turnovers. Penn just but
0: trying the- to get to the t- – because South Penn against – homestead they were i think they kind of sat in the zone the whole time
1: yeah and they they extended the zone too they did that against penn and penn just they couldn't handle it extended it out past midcourt uh the one the one thing about against st joe i would say was was penn was still able to get 16 or 17 offensive rebounds really long rebounds or no under the basket rebounds so you'd be surprised really because those guys like fuda and Terry usually are there to clean that up and not, not this game.
0: Yeah, that was the, the Carmel thing last night was how many of those re- offensive rebounds were away from the away from the rim. And, you know, a lot of it, even some of the, the back-tap stuff that uh, Nick Frischi does really well, the kid that comes off the bench, who has to guard impossible people. I mean, he, he had to guard Hope and most of his efforts – after the first quarter, we're just trying to back-tap it to people who are waiting for it. I think at this point, that's just kind of his play. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised at how how well Carmel ball hawked yesterday when the ball came off the rim. They were really, they were really good in that regard, so. Uh, my best player of the week, uh, best performance of the week that I saw was, and again, these are just the games that we've seen. These, these aren't playing into any player of the week roles. I mean, obviously, right. if we see a performance like that, that's going to influence our decision on who gets player of the week. Um, and most of that tends to be me. Hell, all of it tends to be me in that regard. But right, um, Brian Waddell was – I mean, just doing what he had to do. He's he was effective early on the offensive glass. He was hitting shots. He was he hit four threes during one stretch of play. Although I do think one of them may have been a foot of the line. But I know we were I was tweeting out some of his makes. And the great thing about him is also is he can be, you know, he's a very adept at being a primary ball handler. And Carmel's got three or four guys who can initiate their offense if, if need be. They do have some things that they run where it probably has to start with with Connor Joya or uh, Peter Suter. But especially in transition, balls in Waddell's hands, he's keeping it, he's going, he's make, and he's making plays. And he has gotten so good, I don't know if I want to – Give this away. He has gotten so good at – I don't know what the terminology would be at the NBA level, but it's a big deal there at that level. It's, it's trickling down to college, and now I'm seeing it in him with in, at the high school level, which is cutting into your catch. And, I, you know, I would call them cut catches or sprint catches maybe. Maybe that's a term. I don't know what the terminology is, but basically you're starting your cut – before you catch the ball, and it's not a curl cut. It's a, you're you're at the wing, you're you're stationary, or you've come down off a pin down. And you're basically you're basically attacking the glass before you catch the ball. And you know there is some room for air on you know in that situation, or there is some chance of air. You know, as players are instructed to pass to the outer half of your teammate away from the defender. And if that guy's cutting, if it, if it gets a little bit mistimed, then it could you know lead into a, a dead ball turnover or even worse, a live ball turnover. But but he's one step ahead of his guy as he's catching the ball. And he's just at that point, he's 6'7". He's hard to guard. And, and Westfield doesn't have an answer for that. Westfield took four charges in the first half. That was their only method of rim, prote- rim protection. Anything that didn't result in that ended up with a Carmel basket or a Carmel offensive rebound. And and a lot of that was Waddell just just constantly attacking. And I, I love how he plays without the basketball. I love watching that. And um, he's the way he's shooting the ball now, I understand they didn't shoot the ball well against Center Grove. I know there's been a couple of games this year where, where Carmel didn't shoot well. Last night, was not that was not an issue and then you have to go out and guard him tight and then he's beating you off the catch before he even catches it and that's just tough to guard at, at especially at the high school level so um we got what games we're going to do this every week now too what what what's a game or two that you're looking forward to this upcoming week
1: yeah so looking over the the games this week on the schedule uh the big one i circled was tuesday night we've got black hawk at homestead oh yeah i've uh thought about going up to that but
0: we got the marion county attorney this week and for those that don't know much about that it's well i mean i just if you listen to this you probably know it's starts out tuesday at eight different locations and then it moves to four locations on uh on, on Wednesday, and then Friday night is usually one of the best nights of regular season basketball that isn't, you know, sort of prefabricate, you know, one of these pre-planned showcases that we have now. Friday night at Southport, you know, that's one of the few times that Southport is close, not close to full, but certainly four or 5,000 people rolling in there for the semifinals of the Marion County tourney. So then the finals are Saturday night. You know, those are four really good nights of basketball. And then the other game I'm looking forward to is, is Cathedral at Carmel on Wednesday. So we'll we'll be there um, Wednesday night as opposed to the Marion County tourney. But, but this is, yeah, this is Marion County tourney week. Next week will be city tournament week. That usually concludes on Martin Luther King. The finals are usually on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. That's always a cool thing. And uh, City Tournament's fun. They they play much of it at Tech. Used to play all of it at Tech, but I think that's changed. Uh, but, again, they do their semifinals and finals at, at Tech, and that's one of my favorite gyms. So uh, yeah, let's get
1: a – Talking tourney-wise, I'll, I'll shout out the uh, Northeast Conference – turning up here yeah starts do that this starts this week as well
0: who are some of the teams in that just for the for the listeners and and hell for me too
1: yeah that's uh busco central noble westview lakeland okay those kind of guys fairfield west noble
0: but you know so you've we, got
1: yeah. busco busco central noble
0: westview those are all good 2 A teams right
1: yep yep and they're unfortunately all on the same side of the bracket this year nice i need to figure so. that out <laughs> So looks like the second night that it could be Central Noble versus Busco and then Westview waiting for the winner.
0: How do they play that out? Do they play that at just in the home gyms or do they do they have a place where they come together? Like where yeah, the,
1: sure I'm pretty sure it's the home gyms, but I'm not sure how they, how they go down in the end unless it is just the home team all the way all the way out, even for the finals that might be uh, I'd have to look into that.
0: Well, and don't we have isn't there something else going on down? I mean, if we're getting into that, I'm trying to think, Johnson County tournaments this week. That's Center Grove, Whiteland, Franklin, Edinburgh, Greenwood, Christian, Indian Creek. I mean, those teams. I mean, Indian Creek, and they're just at five hundred. Greenwood Christian's having a was having a good year. They they play a tough schedule for for a small school. Uh, Center Grove. Um, you know, they're four and three. So they're, it's not as decorated as maybe as it could be. But then a lot of these teams have had games canceled because of COVID, too. So, I mean, Edinburgh probably has the best record of all of them at 10 and two. So, but anyway, so those are the, some of the better games we're looking forward to this week. So,
1: all right. And I just found this out. Uh, looks like the championship game is at Westview for that.
0: At Westview for the Northeast. Yep, okay.
1: Cool. cool. Northeast Corner Conference.
0: What do you have your, we have podcast reads ready. Yeah. Let me get that pulled up here. You go. All right. I'll go. You want to just read it? Box oh, out sports. Go. Box out sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team, student athletes or, and student athletes this se- this season. Our own Zach Tyler uses it every day. It seems like. And, um, I, I enjoy that. I know you get a lot of retweets on that. You get a lot of traffic on those.
1: Yeah, I try to just get the kids' names out there. And we probably need to do me
0: a little bit more coordinated with that. i um, to look into that. But you can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Of course, that Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe – to eat or via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop. I do appreciate the fact that we've got some reviews or at least some um, ratings and no, rev- no, no reviews yet, but definitely yeah. some ratings. Appreciate the five-star ratings. Appreciate that. Um, I think if you're listening to this, you probably already know you're at least going to be interested in it. Um, and uh, so I w- definitely appreciate those that are following through with that. Definitely. All right, Zach, it's hot take, hot take theater. (laughs) Yes. This is just like my thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Not that I have a great hot take theater, but. All right. You got one. If you're ready, you go. You want me to go? Yep. I'm going to. Brian Waddell is a is a mid-major player at the college level. Okay. I mean, I think that's a hot take. He's not being recruited there yet. Um, and we're not going to discuss it. He's just that good. He's that versatile, especially offensively. Defensively, you know, he's going to have to show. So he, he's a three. But that's my hot take. He is a he is a surefire mid major player, and I'm not saying he would be a guy that would go in there and and you know be able to contribute heavily contribute right away. But you give him some time, maybe a redshirt year. You give him some time to put some muscle on. Um, I think if I was a mid major, I would definitely be taking a look at him and taking a chance. So
1: you're up. Oh, geez. That's so much pressure. All right. I'll say Trey Galloway plays in the NBA. Really? Hot take. That's your hot take? That's my hot take. Is that not a good one? Two. No, it's a hot, hot take. take. All right. I freaking love his motor. Yep.
0: I think Jordan Geronimo may have been the better one. <laughs> He's such a freak athletic. I, I hope he pulls it together. They – they all kind of think it's the whole uh, I mean if nothing else he's he's Troy Vincent with a better body. that's kind of what they think down there yeah um, but no, Trey's brought a lot to the table for Indiana and that's it's been good to see and and it was great watching uh, Leal came up huge this past week right and uh, and Durham's starting to play better. And Indiana starts their, their game against Nebraska starts in three minutes. And we're going to wrap this bad boy up in time to go watch that game. So, yeah. Zach, appreciate the time as always. Barney, hopefully uh, if you're listening at some point on your drive, on your trip home, everything's going well in your household and your family. But, you know, while you're down there in Tampa, enjoy the sun. And for everybody else, we'll see you here next week. Thank you.